Hello, and welcome back to another edition of Pioneer Pigskin, week four of college football in the books. Here in the state of Utah, I'm your host, Eric Jensen, joined today by good friend of the program and co-host of this fine college football talk show is uh, Austin Facer. How you doing, Austin? Eric, I'm great. I think both of you, you and I are extremely exhausted having to watch two games that kicked off at 8.30, um, but a lot to talk about. So here we are. We're here to, to please the audience, to, despite our fatigue. Yeah, you know, they they don't make they don't make um red zone for nothing, you know. There you so, go. Uh, about 225 today, I will be likely deep in a nap state uh on a couch somewhere with uh NFL football on in the background. So they they definitely they definitely Sundays in, in, Sundays in the fall were made for that, so that's good. Yeah, they definitely, you know, they're definitely keeping, you know, they're looking out for guys like us who were up until, I don't know when you went to bed. I went to bed at like one thirty. About uh, then, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's a shame. You know, I hate late kickoffs more than just about anything. Um, if I, you know, I, I worked the Utah State game yesterday, 5 p.m. kick. To me, 5 p.m. kick, that's perfect. It's not too early in the day. You're not asking people to, like, you know, miss kids' soccer games. And that's always the common argument from all these olds on Twitter is, <laughs> oh, my kid's soccer game. And, like, I've got like, stuff Who asked eat. you to have kids, okay? Why and, is that anybody else's problem that you had kids? Nobody, nobody else was consulted. Nobody else... Got to give their input. I want to go apple picking on Saturday morning before I go to the football game. No, no. Like, that's, that's not anybody else's problem. That's yeah. a personal problem. Don't, like, like don't, don't mess with me like that. Like, mm-hmm. it, perfect kickoff time is 5 p.m. Game gets done by about 8 or 9. Post game can go like two hours. Everyone's home everyone's in bed by 11 30 midnight easy and, and and just every every kickoff in the state of utah for the rest of the year should be at 5 p.m but I, i'm afraid uh let's get that codified into law that's not the way things are gonna work do we know the kickoff times at least next week things are a little bit more manageable with BYU Utah State on Thursday at 6 p.m., which is not a bad kickoff time. Still kind of late, but uh, not a bad kickoff time. And then Utah plays at noon on uh, mm. on Saturday. So honestly, Austin, much much better. I think I think I think we'll have a lot more energy for the uh, the following show after that. So yeah honestly Austin like just thinking out loud here like we could definitely record Saturday night if you weren't doing anything Saturday night hey this this is cool this is like a peek behind the curtains for our audience they're they're, we're having a production meeting right now I think that's a good idea yeah I think we should I think we should shoot for that and it doesn't even have to be super late night either if you want to 
go have a social life, which I know you you you're a socialite and you, and you need hey. both <laughs> and you need those nighttime activities. So I'm, I'm the Paris Hilton of Salt Lake City. I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely. I mean, yeah. we could definitely shoot for like 4 p.m. Yeah, yeah let's that, do it. I think that'd be a great idea. All right, let's get into these games. Let's start with BYU. Um, so this was a weird game to me just mm-hmm. because it's not as huge of a margin margin of victory as people thought it would be. Certainly not what Vegas thought it would be. The first half was really, really tight. There was a portion kind of into the middle of the second quarter that Wyoming's leading still. Um, Things with this game just seem a little bit weird, but BYU pass rush again kind of got manhandled, only two sacks, uh, tackles for loss on the day, only seven against G5 schools. So you kind of look at that and you're like, wow, what what's going on there? Mm-hmm. But then you look at everything else. And I mean, Jaron Hall, another 300-yard day, just incredible. He, to me, is the best quarterback in the state of Utah right now. Uh, I get that that could change in two or three months, but over the first month of the season, I think he's been the best hands down. I would definitely agree, yep. And then you've got a new running back emerges, Miles Davis. Play some of that sweet, sweet jazz for me. 13 uh-huh. carries, 130. If peeing your pants is cool, you can call me Miles Davis. <laughs> and BYU's case, if rushing for 131 yards is cool, then you can call him Miles Davis because that's what he did. So Yeah, 131 yards. And then another BYU wide receiver breaks out. Mm-hmm. Keanu Hill, 160 yards. On five catches. Two TDs as well. I'm pretty sure. Pretty impressive from the offense. Still got concerns about BYU's defense as a whole. But it's... They don't... Puka Nakua, obviously, but bad news. Re-injures that ankle. They don't think it's season-ending, uh, from what I heard in the, in the postgame and on BYU radio last night. Um, but what are kind of some of your big picture takeaways from this Cougar win? Well, I think it it kind of plays into what we talked about last week. We're like, okay, the last week they lost to Oregon, right? And what we were talking about was, okay, BYU's clearly hasn't arrived to the point where they can, they can say they're a legitimate power five you know, caliber team, you know, and I I think, I think this game just showed they're pretty much firmly right in the middle of being like a, a juggernaut in the group of five and being a very good power five team. I think there's somewhere right in between. And I think a lot of the the indicators in the box score will suggest this. I think the final score um, is indicative of that as well. I think right now BYU is just firmly entrenched in that transition period between uh, an independent program and a program that's going to play in the, the big 12 next year. That to me, that's the big takeaway. I'm looking big picture at this um, because, you know, obviously them being independent this year, it's hard to 
draw too many conclusions as to how it affects their conference play because they don't have a conference. Um, so to me, I think that, that that's my big picture takeaway. And and I'm curious to see if, to know if you th- feel the same. You know, the defense stuff still really concerns me. Um, it's still something that I just go to and I say, like you should be getting more pressure on the quarterback against Wyoming and, and credit to Wyoming. I think they have one of the best offensive lines in the mountain West. I think that they are a team to watch in that conference this year in what's going to be a wide open conference, by the way, just a, a side note. But oh, 100%. Mountain, yeah. The mountain West just looks like a wild tire fire slash meandering jungle that's gonna produce some just really interesting results this year i mean colorado state got blown out by an fcs school yesterday uh san diego state won last second barely against toledo things are gonna be very very interesting for um and even boise state you know lost to utep yeah and has lost to Oregon State, who looks pretty good. So, it, I, yeah, you're completely right. The Mountain West looks wide open this year, and um, that might be good news for – I mean, that that's the takeaway in the BYU game, and we're gonna, obviously we're going to talk a little bit more about Utah State in a second, but I, I think it's hard, to, it's hard to know if BYU beat a good Mountain West school or not because that, that conference is just so weird right now. Yeah, um, I, I think – one thing I took away is that where BYU struggles in depth on the lines outside of the offense, uh, we'll put the offensive line aside because it's a very good group. It's mm-hmm. very deep. Uh, it, it's proven. But the defensive line, I think we can both agree, is not a super deep unit. Yep. Um, where they lack depth kind of defensively, they really make up for in their skill position groups offensively. Like th- this has to be the deepest skill position team in the state, like even better than Utah. I think other outside, if you, if you separated the running back position away from. Um, Their wide receivers are certainly the best in the state. Yeah, I think that's, that's an easy argument. Yeah. Sure. I think. That's what I meant to say. I think wide receivers, you you can't go really anywhere else. I mean, you have Chase Roberts. He comes in some weeks and dominates. Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney, whenever he gets back. You know, Isaac Rex has gotten slowly better as the year goes on. He came into camp with that ankle not being fully healthy. I think by the end of the year, he's going to be a much bigger part of this offense. And a real threat in the tight end game. And then you have guys like Keanu Hill that break out. They they run legitimately four or five deep at the wide receiver position. And that is just something that no other team in the state can really boast. And it just really sets up well for Jaron Hall, who, I mean, that, that, that last throw he makes that, that whole play with Keanu Hill is just insane 
The throw is insane. The fact Keanu Hill basically drags a Wyoming. That's one of the most undersold parts of that play is after Keanu Hill catches that ball at like the 20, for about 20 yards, he just drag. And maybe it's bad tackling technique, probably, mm-hmm. from the Wyoming defender. But he just drags, like this Wyoming defender is draped on his back and he just drags him to the end zone. Like uh, BYU's offense does really impressive stuff week to week and they're going to be able to hang in every game they play in this year just because they have, I think, one of the best offenses in the Western United States. No, I think that that's an argument that uh, I would agree with for sure. And I, I think I think they really kind of have shades of like really great Utah State teams over the last couple of years. Whereas, you know, the, I mean, Utah State can't say this at this point in time, but I think over the last couple of years, you know, they've had really strong quarterback play and they've had really deep wide receivers. I think, you know, everything that Utah State was the last couple of years, you can now say about BYU. and. Uh, if they're to me, they're they're the top draw. They're the best team. They're the most exciting team to watch right now, um, because I'm a fan of offense. I like seeing guys air it out. I like seeing big plays, and if that's your kind of thing, tune in to watch BYU. Um, again, as you mentioned, Jaron Hall is right now the best player in the state. Um, I, I you said best quarterback. I'm going to elevate that even further. He, I think he's the best player in the best player overall in the state right now. Um, he's, you know, his, for the season, he's throwing, he's completing his passes at a 71.5% percentage completion rate has a nine to one TD to interception ratio and has a nearly uh, perfect quarterback rating. So he, the, 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 and the, the thing that you kind of, we've alluded to is he gets everybody involved. It seems like every week, a different wide receiver has a big game. Um, and that makes up for a lot of the other shortcomings that they have on their roster. So I, I, to me, I think BYU is the team to watch right now. And and they're going to they're going to go hog wild against Utah State next week. Utah State's going to get going to get pounded pretty good, I think. Yeah, special, you know, I think the number one thing that couldn't happen if you were Utah State is for there to be like coaching points going into this week. Like you want to be BYU fat and happy. And honestly, for as much praise as we just heaped on them, they still only won by 14 points. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think Kalani Sataki is going to go in and say, Hey, like, don't get fat and happy here. Like you guys almost like there was a point in that fourth quarter where it was like, is Wyoming going to come back here? Like, mm-hmm. Like, is Wyoming going to make this thing a game? And eventually, you know, BYU put their foot on the gas. But, like, they allowed Wyoming to hang in there. And I think against a rival in Provo, I think that's a recipe for disaster for a Utah State team that just is not looking great right now. Let's go move to Utah now and talk about uh, their game against the Sun Devils. Obviously, before we talk about the game, have to start – with the biggest news out of this game, which is Brant Keithy exits the game with an apparent knee injury, uh, ice crutches on the sideline, lots of speculation from people who are not reporters on Twitter or doctors. Yeah, p- p- people who people who are on Twitter who have like 
no connections within the building, like no, you know, no. And, and have a very rudimentary understanding of human anatomy. Right. So, yeah. Saying like, man, season's over. Oh, like, that, look, that looked like an ACL to me. Yeah, like, it could be, but you know, like, I'm not willing to accept that based on your evaluation. Like, okay, okay, chill, chill out on that. And I'm not saying I have connections, but I'm a little bit closer to the situation than all those people are. And mm -hmm. I haven't heard, I, you know, I've texted people I know who, you know, work well in Utah and, you know, no one has a solid answer. It's all speculation at this point. Kyle we'll Whittingham, find out tomorrow probably. Yep. Yeah. Kyle Whittingham said in the presser that they don't know. They'll find out by Monday, but his exact words were, it does not look positive, which you can take that however you want. But it sounds like he's going to miss some kind of time. And whether that's the whole season, whether that's, you know, a few games, that's a huge loss because the Utah offense really runs through Baron Keithy. Like that, there's just really no other way to put it. He's most of the time the leading wide receiver on the team. Even in this game, I mean, before he gets hurt, he ends up with two catches for 15 yards, and that's within like 10, like seven plays of the first quarter. So that's like almost, what, 25, 30% of your offense going towards him. If you lose him for a while, that's a big deal. Thomas Yasmin. Yasmin. Yasmin Bleeth from, from Baywatch. Yasmin Bleeth. Is that who that is? Yeah, I, I don't know, but great name. Gonna uh -huh. have a lot of fun saying that. Thomas Yasmin. Thomas okay. Yasmin is going to be filling in for him. Likely he had one reception for 72 yards, a big play, but they never went back to him after that. So uh, uh, he actually ends up as Utah's leading wide receiver because of that. Um Not awe-inspiring passing performance, uh, again, from um, Cam Rising. He starts a little slow again. He ends up looking good towards the end, but, again, can't really, like, if we're doing comparative games, like, he is not close to Jaron Hall right now. Like, he's... He made some impressive throws, but the one throw to... Kincaid in the end zone that's just like a he's really lucky that didn't get picked off like he's mm -hmm. throwing into triple coverage there like that just speaks um, to how good he is and how confident he is yeah okay well I I, <laughs> I I appreciate that Austin. I'm, that, I'm just going to be an apologist for the other side whatever your argument is I'm going to that's I'm gonna a great idea with a, with a dumb well, art always makes for for great podcasting listen everybody needs to skip Bayless so Absolutely. um but honestly, I look at the yardage numbers here and doesn't really tell the full story, I feel like, because they, they did only end up with about 465 yards on the ground, but they dominated this game. Oh, yeah. They just straight up dominated this game. Arizona ran for, this is probably my favorite set of the night, six yards. Yes. Six yards. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's Six right. Six yards on the ground between Emory Jones, who is a quarterback, 
who uh-huh. is known for his running ability, six yards between nine carries between two other backs. At some point early in the second half, the Arizona State offense just gave up running the football. Um, As they should have. And went to the air. And then when they went to the air, Utah had two interceptions, including just an awesome pick by Cole Bishop. I think that is one of the most, like, wild. I love in sports, Austin, like, body balance. Mm. Um, The way athletes are able to, like, contort midair and stay square to a target. That it's why John ja Morant is one of my favorite basketball players. Just he has insane body balance. Cole Bishop has insane body balance and made an insane play on that interception and is I'll just use the word again, insane. Uh, uh, just to be clear, I, I could do that same thing. I just choose not to. Okay. Uh we all know that. So yeah. Thank you for thank you for clarifying. But no, and I I think you're right. You know, Cole Bishop had a great. We saw great games from a lot of the the stars on Utah's defense. Cole Bishop obviously had a great interception. The other interception was from Clark Phillips. Um, you know, he who also is the considered to be the leader on defense. And to me, I I think you're right. I think the story of the game really was uh, Morgan Scally had his guys ready to go, and they. There's, I don't know how else to put it. They they just kicked ass. They had they had a dominant performance. I I I know they played against a program that's in turmoil right now, um, having fired Herm Edwards last week. Um, but the the defense for Utah, I think, gave their best performance of the year. Um, and I think that's pretty obvious, even just flipping through the box score. Um, I think it's great, and I think that was encouraging, especially because Scally had a big big week getting a new contract. And to me, I this game showed that it, it's well deserved. This he he's probably he might be the best defensive coordinator in in the country right now. He he's he really killed it. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention during the BYU program is it feels like um, Utah has a better chance of keeping him, but I think Aaron Roderick and Morgan Scally, those are two guys that are just no doubt going to be head coaches within the next three years mm-hmm. um, of their careers. They, they've they just, and Aaron Roderick probably sooner just because Kalani's young and Kalani's not going anywhere. Um, and, uh, but yes, very impressive game planned by Scally. Five sacks on the day, but they really took their foot off the gas in the second half. I believe mm-hmm. three of those sacks came in the first half. Um, they were getting to the quarterback off the one-on-one rush. They looked like a very solid defensive front. You know, Karene Reed, to me, is just a player with Lander Barton, too. I, like everybody kind of thought, what's this going to look like without Devin Lloyd? They're just as good at the linebacker position this year. I know Florida was a disaster. I get that. But they're getting better every single week. And by the end of the year, this is going to be a team where people are like, oh, look, Utah's got two linebackers that are going to be draft targets again in, in a year. So, um, 
crazy good win for Utah. But season starts next week, really. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's it's going to ramp up considerably um, when they play Oregon State, um, who very easily could have beat USC last night. Um, I think USC scored their go-ahead touchdown in a 17-14 win with like a minute 13 or something in the game. Um, that and that would have been a, a on like a huge win for for the Beavers, but uh, unfortunately USC escaped with the win. But I mean, you 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 talk about a the surprising team right now in the Pac-12, and it, it has to be Oregon State. They they've been they've been really hot coming out of the gates. Yeah, you play Oregon State, they're three and one. Then you play four and UCLA, four and USC, a Washington State team. But if they don't throw a killer pick six, um, ends up probably, beat probably Oregon. beating Oregon. Uh, an Arizona team that if Cal doesn't score 35 points in the third quarter, probably ends up beating Cal and has remained competitive in every single game they play this year. That's a trap game. Washington State's a trap game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rest really, like, I guess you could say the only like gimme wins to me on the schedule right now are Stanford and Colorado and even Stanford's, you know, never know. You never know. Um, but man, yeah, things get really interesting for Utah uh, and coming up because the Pac-12, you know, Pac-12 just. Pac-12 going to Pac-12, you know, it's going to Pac-12. Hopefully it doesn't. I kind of hope Oregon and USC just keep winning um, so that and Utah so that there are just consistent like two great teams in the top 10 of the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a chance for that. Uh, can we do a little sidebar Pac-12 talk really quick? Hey, I'm a um, game. Yeah. I love Oregon. I just love Oregon. I think Dan Lanning is the no doubt right hire for that job. I think you can see the Georgia DNA in what he has on that roster right now. I think Bo Nix is a crazy up and down quarterback. The fact he was able to lead that second half comeback, I had no faith in Bo Nix, but two weeks in a row, Bo Nix has just shut me up. So who knows? Maybe Bo Nix is a guy that can like lead you. Hey, well, like if he it. plays against BYU every week, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. That's no no doubt about that. Well, I mean, he had a crazy day against Washington State too. I mean, let me let me scroll down to. Uh, I I got it right here for you. He went thirty three for forty four with four hundred and twenty eight yards and three touchdowns, one interception. That's those are pretty good numbers. Those are pretty insane numbers. Like video game numbers. Maybe all he needed to do was get away from SEC defenses, and and maybe he's just a decent quarterback. Uh, I mean, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I I, I I'm I'm a big fan. Oh, of- I'm looking at his picture right now. He's handsome too. God, that sucks. I hate that. Okay. Big fan. I prefer it when guys are are good and ugly, but when when they're when they when they're having good years and they're handsome too, that really makes me mad. But yeah, so they have too much, you know. And by the way, everyone's talking about USC this, USC that for Utah's schedule. To Mm -hmm. me, the most dangerous game on this schedule is that Week Eleven matchup in Oregon. Yeah, it's 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 
it's going to be a lot different from last year. Absolutely. 100%. If, if people who think that Utah is going to be playing the same Oregon team, they beat twice last year are out of their effing minds. Because yeah. you, you know that he came in and even though he was part of it, he said, you guys got embarrassed twice last year and you know, they have that game circled. They are going to be ready. That crowd is going to yep. be crazy loud and Oregon is going to play out of their minds. And Cam Rising better be a lot better because you got to keep up. Oh, 100%. Pac-12 legend Bo Nix. So, yeah, soon to be legend. Yeah. So, uh, can't wait. Pac-12 actually has me pretty hyped up this year. I guess it has me hyped up every year. Uh, please just don't, like, Stanford, like, keep losing. Oh, some something wild's gonna happen at some like, point. I mean, the, the, the Pac-12 gonna Pac-12. Like it we was said. nice. It was really nice. I thought there was an outside chance that Stanford would beat Washington. It was really nice that didn't happen. So let's let's just keep our fingers crossed. There's a long, long way to go. It was brought up to me last night that th- this feels, for some reason, to me like a midway point. No. Absolutely not. We still have like eight weeks of this left. This is like the starting point, really. Yeah, this this is like really when we get going. This is when when things get real. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to play briefly here just to wrap up. Utah State, UNLV. I'll take this one, obviously, here, Austin. Please. This is a game Utah State should have won. Oh, yes. Just flat out. Like UNLV, all respect to Marcus Arroyo. I like him as a coach. Did a lot of cutting of his uh, audio clips this week. He seems like a good guy. Seems like he's got that program on the right track. But Aiden Robbins, who a lot of people consider one of the best players in that conference, they held him to 81 yards on the ground. Uh, 103 total rushing yards against a team that is consistently put up between 200 and 250 rushing yards a week. Uh, Doug Brumfield, 21 of 31, 217 yards, only one touchdown. Like leading receivers, 57, 53 yards. The defense only got one sack for UNLV. Um, This was a game that was lost because of Logan Bomber. Oh, (laughs) it's going to be hard for... um... Coach Anderson to defend him in this case, I I think that's that's abundantly clear. But uh, he still did, and, yeah. and I just want to be clear: I have a lot of respect for Blake Anderson. He is a football coach. He has gone through a lot. He he did a masterful job taking this program back. But the one glaring weakness he has as a head coach is his loyalty to some players, because Logan Bonner. It is just clear as day to anyone watching Logan Bonner has regressed, has regressed so much. And I don't know how in TikTok terms, he fell off. So I guess, I guess, because I mean, last year, the guy was incredible, set almost every Utah state passing record or tied it or came close. He was absolutely tremendous last year. It can't be understated how great he was. And I I don't know if that was just Devin Tompkins making him look great. I, I don't know if it was just the supporting cast around him or a magical year, but every single game this year has been a real struggle for him. 
and he's getting worse. Yes, and he's getting worse. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. Every single game, he is getting worse. Through four games, completion percentage of fifty-six, not good. Seven hundred fifty-three yards, six touchdowns, eight interceptions. Eight interceptions through four games. That's almost two interceptions a game. I I get that this is a college quarterback, and I get that there are are options, but I don't know if you saw any of his game or any of his interceptions, but three of those interceptions last night, two I'll give him a pass on. Two are just like desperation heaves at the end of the half where he's just trying to make something happen in the end zone to, to to get the game closer. But those are forgivable. Three of those throws are just straight to double coverage. Like, he, no no one's sure what he's looking at. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you hear, you know, like, you listen to the radio broadcast and Kevin White, you know, on the air afterwards is saying, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what Logan is seeing there. Like, this is a problem. He has a turnover problem. He has regressed. Like, they should have made a change at halftime. I I don't know why they didn't. This game was winnable if you played Cooper Lega. And if you stick with Logan Bonner next week and he throws two or three interceptions and you keep going with him, at some point it's coaching malpractice. Like, you are not giving your team the best shot to win when you play this guy at quarterback. Like, he, he... and I've got nothing but respect for Logan Bonner. He is tough as hell. He took hits. Apparently, he was carted off the field at the end of the game because of a shot he took from Elijah Shelton at the end of that game. He is a tough guy. He takes a lot of hits. He has not been protected well. He has not had the best surrounding cast around him at Utah State. But he has not played well over a month. And this team is not winning with him as the starting quarterback. They need to start thinking about making a change. And I wouldn't say that unless I thought that this game, this game was winnable. If you had a different quarterback, this game was winnable and and you let it slip through your grasp. And suddenly things get kind of hairy for this team because you look at the mountain West and you look at the conference schedule, like BYU, you probably don't get a win there. Air force. I get that they lost to Wyoming two weeks ago, but they bounced back against Nevada. They look like they might be one of the best teams in the conference. Colorado state sucks. I think you, you, if you don't win against Colorado state, that's a major red flag. Wyoming, that's an Andrew Peasley revenge game if I've ever seen one, and it's in Laramie. That and they lost to Wyoming at home last year. Like they should play him, play him at quarterback. That <laughs> that that one's tricky. New Mexico, you never know. I would say New Mexico and Utah State are equivalent teams at this point. Hawaii, you should be able to beat them, but that's on the big island. San Jose State's tricky, and then you never beat Boise. You, you literally haven't beat Boise over the past three years. Yeah, they're, they're at one they're win. In trouble. They're at one win. Like, are there five more wins on this schedule? Realistically, I say no. I don't. I don't think so. 
Like they they have got to make a change to to turn the season around, and they might. You know that that might happen this week, but it's not working with Logan Bonner, and this coaching staff needs to wake up and see that it's not working with Logan Bonner. You know, it, it, it's just a little bit maddening, and like you know. I understand why fans are frustrated with this team. Like it's just, it's not going well. And the, the magic from last year is kind of worn off. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, 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 and you know, and, and to be fair, you know, the, the supporting cast is a lot worse. Um, but Losing I, Kyle Van Leeuwen really, really, really hurts. They, uh, the, the, the rushing, the rushing attack is bad. They they certainly don't have the same you know star power at wide receiver that they had last year. I mean, but I I think you're right. I mean, as some I mean, you just have to look at the whole body of work and 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 even get into the little nuances play by play, and go, what the hell is this guy looking at? Like, some something is very broken there. And we talked even before the season started in our in our preview episode. You know, Utah State was going to be have have a lot of strength at, at quarterback. They had they were going to maybe even go three deep at times. It's like okay, now let's now let's see that that you, you know it's an emergency situation. You've got to break the glass now, and and get the those reserves a little more action and and hope they can spark a change because otherwise the season's lost already. The other really bad news for Utah State, Seni Tuiaki, one of their starting defensive tackles, out for the season likely with a dislocated ankle. Um, this is a G5 program still. They do not run eight deep at defensive line. They they played really well after his injury, but you have to wonder how sound they're going to be as a run defense the rest of the way. There are some really, really negative things going on right now for Utah State, and it's not going to get any easier because of the schedule. So it, it hopefully things get figured out, but, you know, I'm all for giving people second chances, but Logan Bonner didn't play well against Weber State, and he didn't play well against UNLV. If you want to give him a half against BYU, go for it. Mm-hmm. But – at some point, like you got to say, okay, four games is a big sample size. It's a big sample size. Enough to know. And his only good game was UConn. So, <laughs> you know, that that's a very low bar too. So yeah, like I, I, I don't know, just just uh, kind kind of sucks. Anything nationally catch your eye this week before we we head out of here? No, a lot of close games. Um, a lot of people escaped with, uh, or a lot of teams escaped with. Uh, narrow victories um i guess i guess probably the big upset was was oklahoma right did did did, did they pull it off no no oklahoma ended, ended up losing 41 okay so that that's your big loss there um so i'm not sure so there is an opportunity for utah to maybe move up one spot or two um but otherwise you know just a lot it was kind of an interesting week and i i think it, it's funny to see um how things are shaping up nationally i think i think georgia took a step back from who they who we thought they were this week um they you know didn't blow out their opponent um but you know i i think it's it's gonna get a it's gonna get fun here this is it, we we said it a, mo- a moment ago this is really where things start most uh teams are gonna enter conference play 
or you know get into the thick of it this this week and uh i'm excited to see just some 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 pandemonium some madness i want the teams that i like to be exactly who i thought they were and the teams that i don't care about to to lose uh in maniacal fashion so that that's what i want to happen don't we all yeah don't we all mm-hmm. all right awesome well Thanks for joining me for this one. This one went a little bit longer than normal, but uh, I, I appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks. And uh, this, uh, I'm going to put this out as soon as I uh, throw this on the charger, my laptop on the charger. I got to get ready to watch some red zone. So, hey, let's do it. All right. It should be fun. All right. Yeah, awesome. Another good one in the books. Thanks, Eric. Go check out This Is The Place Sports. Oh, awesome. thank you. had a great piece there on the bees stadium and it potentially moving at some point here uh within the next few years so go check that out that's a great one and uh let me, let me plug you eric check out end zone pod uh the drama of it all sports blog um good stuff from eric there so yes and, and check plug out maybe, plug. And, and maybe look for something a little bit different this week i can't really get into details but something you know maybe maybe something a little bit new in a, in a kind of new place so, hmm. so check that out and stay stay, stay eric's hot. gonna be twitch streaming from his hot tub soon that's yeah that's, absolutely yeah that'll be yeah. that'll be a lot of fun yep uh bikini and everything so hey. um eric 18 utah eric just sport on twitter thank you so much for listening and we will see you all next week peace out